welcome to the Big Bad Sadcast, episode 15. This episode is going to be a little different than what we have done in the past. Um, our guest uh, didn't show up to the studio today, and I'm kind of concerned about them, because they're usually so punctual and very responsible. So, you know, uh, I'm not sure what uh, Shane is doing, but I don't know, I think he might be missing. Uh, I'm kind of worried about him. Anyway, so we should get on with the show. Uh, you know what they say about shows and how they go on. But uh, as a majority shareholder of the BBSC franchise, I've decided to take uh, the Big Bad Sadcast in a totally new, much more marketable direction. The BBSC is being rebranded as a true crime podcast, and I'm changing the name to, like, Big Bad Crime Lab or... <laughs> I don't know, maybe the Big Bad Crime Cast. Do you guys have any better uh, ideas? Uh, big Bad Dragnet. Dragnet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. If you if you come up with one, let me know, because, uh, you know, we need a good new name for our new pod. Um, so, uh, joining me as usual, um, we have uh, the fast-talking, no-nonsense, nonsense femme fatale, Damara Dames, <laughs> um, or Amara Ames. Big, uh, big bad stab cast. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, as well as uh, the noir gumshoe himself, <laughs> Arash Tajiki. Welcome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, our guests didn't show up. I'm worried about them. Um, but we did um, have a, a very last minute uh, guest come to the studio and it's uh, someone I think we spoke about on the Valentine's Day oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, her name is Rose. What's your last name, Rose? Peckham. Peckham. It's not very interesting. I well, like the first name better. You don't need an interesting last name. Yeah. You it's do. Okay. You need something marketable. Um, so, <laughs> Rose, um, you're, uh, I mean, the how I know you is by um, your relationship with Arash Tajiki. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um uh, which I find kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, many people of the world would agree with you. No, you two are, are very sweet and make me very jealous. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know much about you outside of that and the fact that you work at a morgue. Is that true? <laughs> I do. I've been there about two years. I think I got the job right before I turned 19. Okay. So, perfect so, age. Yes. Yeah, so you've spent a lot of time around dead bodies. Constantly, I spend a lot of time around them, um, inside them. Um, <laughs> it's quite fun, actually. Um, yeah, that is super interesting. Uh, yeah, and I mean, this is perfect for our new uh, true crime-themed podcast, so thank you for coming on. Um, so, I, you know, I've been looking into, like, the top podcasts on iTunes, and there are a lot of these, like, true crime podcasts. Mm-hmm. And, like, seeing how successful they are made me realize how much I've always loved true crime. Um, yeah, I've always, I've always been obsessed with true crime since that those people started making money. Um, I want to make it clear that we are talking about these topics very seriously. We're taking it very seriously. In no way is this a cheap ploy to get people to listen to our podcast or an exploitation of the horrific events that have happened to people with a thin veneer of empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, murder is bad, guys, but also pretty entertaining. We don't like it. We don't like it. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. But we but, love it. But it's fun. <laughs> it's fun mm-hmm. to talk about. Um, anyway, so welcome to the podcast, guys. Um, it's going to be a rough start, but I think this is going to take us in a great direction. 
So um, I guess let's start off, um, Rose. Do you, I mean, you're dealing with uh, you know dead bodies all the time. It's a very morbid job. Um, yeah, do you have any like specific stories or like particularly heinous cases um, that you've dealt with in the morgue? Have any of them started a podcast of their own? Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't like when you talk to the dead bodies, and I, you know, sometimes they make noises back at you. So I just like prefer not to like look them in the eye or conversate at all. We just don't go in that direction. Wait, um, wait, do the bodies ever make noises? Like do people oh, like groan God. sometimes? Yes, it's the worst thing. Oh. So like we have this ginormous cooler. It's like triple time size this room mm-hmm. where you literally walk inside of it. And there's just like dead bodies everywhere. So some already had their autopsies and they're wrapped up in their bags yeah. that we put them in. And then some come in in their body bags. Right. Um, and... When you die, I mean, there's still gases that are coming up. I mean, mm-hmm. there's still things in your throat. So, you know, you'll be in the cooler by yourself and you'll just hear. And you, really? Yeah. Or like, you know, if like I jostle them a little bit, like they just make groaning noises and that's all the gases or, you know, like the blood or bile or whatever uh. that's in their throat. It does come up and it's really terrifying. So I like to get in and out of the cooler yeah. as fast as possible. But as far as like gruesome things that I've seen, I mean, there's a lot. I particularly remember my the first body that I yeah. saw. And that was actually my interview. So, oh, really? Yeah, I remember Wait, the they had body a body interview you. <laughs> you guys, I was interviewed in the receiving area where we received the bodies. Uh-huh. And I know they, they did that purposefully, yeah. I'm sure, so right. that they could see how I would handle that kind of material. Because before <laughs> this, I've never known anyone close to me who's died before this job. Yeah. I've never seen a dead body in my entire life. Yeah, so I like I came in for my interview and it's funny because like I like I hounded a friend for the email to uh-huh. ask for the job and after the email that i sent saying hey please give me an interview they asked me to come in 20 minutes later really? so i sent the email wow. and then i came in and i remember sitting there right in the receiving area and then uh the dead body comes in you know we have mortuary services coming in who bring us the bodies every time someone dies and i just remember like trying to focus on my interview but literally right next to me <laughs> laterally they were like moving a body onto like the autopsy table and taking the weighing and it was actually like um a burnt body from a house fire oh seriously <laughs> yes, and I just, just remember, like a charred yes, husk i just remember smelling it and i was like oh. hey so what's that and they Did were it like smell good was um, it, like- <laughs> it smells like burnt cheese so if you Ew. ever wanted to know i Gross. mean that's that's all it smells like it doesn't even smell bad it just smells like you like screwed up your quesadilla um <laughs> And I just remember they opened the body bag and it kind of was smoking a little bit. And, like, you could see, like, flakes of black, like, the black ash coming off. And I just remember looking at it and trying to look really cool. I was just like, well, that's that's a dead body. See, I can handle this. And they agreed that I could handle it. You, like, light a cigarette off the body. (laughs) No, they let me, like, walk over. They're like, you want to check it out? And I felt, like, really dirty kind of, like, looking at the dead body. I was like, I feel like I shouldn't be here. I'm invading someone's privacy. Um, but turns out I handled it okay, and I got the job ten minutes later. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Not to reference like uh, rom coms again, <laughs> but that'd be a good movie. Like Meryl Streep is like yeah. the kind of iron boss. Uh-huh. Then the new soft intern comes in, and she's like, "All right, here's a dead body. What are you gonna do with it? Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, not throw up. I yeah. did not." Do and that. then the body and the young woman fall in love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she like stuns Meryl Streep. She's like, "All right, I guess you get the job then. I'm not like, you start tomorrow. That it hasn't Somewhere. happened yeah. there." So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, so, um, you, initially you were, like, very disgusted with dead bodies. No. No? I was, uh, I was not sure how I would handle it as more of a thing. Like, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know how I would react presented with the situation of 
someone dead, but I did it well, and it's something that I always kind of looked for, yeah. actually, in terms of a job, just because of my career path and where I am in my education and stuff. So, what is your career path? Are uh, you going to be a doctor? I'm pre-med, yes, so yeah. hopefully med school within the next two years, and we'll go from there. So, are you going to be, like, a surgeon, because you can handle all the gruesome shit? I was thinking forensic pathology, yeah, to be able to work with the medical examiners and mm. be the one who... I mean, the doctor and then the autopsy assistant, which I do, is completely different. The doctor just gets away. Like, we do all the work as yeah. the autopsy assistant. The doctor just comes in, looks at the organs, and then walks out. Mm. Like, their job is so easy. <laughs> He's like, hey, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> I know. No, no. They just walk in. Like, their scrubs don't even fit them. They don't put on gloves. They're just like, hmm, this is interesting. Looks good. Yeah. That's good to know that if you die, a guy who doesn't give a shit about his job is just like, hey, just Exactly. <laughs> just focus. Yeah. Just... We have Deftones blasting in the background. Like, we make fun of the Pandora oh. station. I mean, we give a shit, but we also don't all at the same time. Um, So so are you ever, like, pulling organs out of bodies? Yeah, that's exactly what I do. We pull out everything. We have to weigh them. We examine them. Yeah. um, Occasionally take pictures of them. What's your favorite one? (laughs) What's Uh, your favorite organ to pull? Probably the the lungs, because we like to. I mean, it's awful because I smoke. But, you know, all the doctors always like, this is what it looks like when you smoke. So all of you smokers, and then they all look at me and are disgusted with me. They're like, this is what it looks like. And despite the fact that I have seen lungs that look like asphalt, it does not stop me from smoking Dang, a pack a day. Nothing will stop you. No, if that doesn't stop you, <laughs> yeah, then well, nothing well. nothing will. Is, is, is there like a chill anime beats to dissect bodies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lo-fi. Like new Javis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dang. Well, I mean, like, uh, with, with the like smoker lungs, like uh, are these like lifetime smokers that you're seeing, and they're like black lungs, or like it can be hard to tell. I mean, you can go an entire your entire life without smoking a cigarette, but we can take one look at your lungs, and you can just tell. Like the doctor will be like, somehow with all of his knowledge or her knowledge, they're like, oh, that's just from the air outside. So it doesn't matter if you uh-huh. haven't smoked a cigarette in your life, you will always have like gross lungs just because of the air that you breathe. Yeah, but there's specific lungs, like if there's like. I don't know, like phlegm, like yellow phlegm, and it's all black and ashy looking. Mm. You can tell that you're, you're a smoker. smoker. But let's get to the real point: of the murders and the, and the <laughs> yeah, yeah, the homicide oh, no. bodies. Well, yeah, so that's yeah. what I'm wondering. Do, yeah. you, do you have murders coming in to yes. the the morgue? Yeah, we call them homicides because uh-huh. uh, we can't. We don't. We're not supposed to use the term murder, so we For use the the, oh. yeah. Because yeah. we don't. Do, the only thing that we determine is cause of death, not mm-hmm. like. If it was a murder motive. or not, if that makes sense, yeah, mm-hmm. we don't we don't do the murder. We leave, uh, like the motive, as Amara said, you leave that up to the police, and we just say how they died. So yeah. occasionally we get all the homicides. Whenever one happens, we get them. What's the most gruesome uh, homicide oh. that you've seen? That's hard because you have a top five. Top yeah, five. no, I Coming don't. In at they, there's so five. many. I have to. Be, I'm so <laughs> jaded. Uh, I think anytime I've seen any babies. I oh. don't like that. Oh, so, Jesus. I know. Oh, I think maybe that's taking it too far. But I mean, no, to no, be fair, we could no, be the first true. true crime podcast to exploit infant death. I know. That's good. Yeah, we're we should not. Be, yeah, no, yeah. We're not. Yeah, no. We're not. My favorite infant deaths. Death. Yes. <laughs> With Karen Gilgate. They're horrible. She's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite infocide. <laughs> yeah. Inf- oh, my favorite regicide. My favorite. Uh, oh. Well, I'll let Wait, it well, yeah. okay, so, I'm gonna make some calls. Yeah, <laughs> be right back. You might have seen some of the bodies that I, I saw like news stories for, but um, I've been seeing a ton like on KSL.com. There's been a lot of uh, baby like shaking deaths. Like I, I've it's seen, that time of year again. It's mm-hmm. that time of year. Like I've seen a lot of like fathers killing their their kids by like just shaking them to death on in in news stories like in Utah. 
Which is like it, way more frequent than I ever thought that yeah. happened. But. You definitely see a lot of, in my opinion, what I've seen the most, at least what comes to mind, is like mom leaves baby home with boyfriend oh. and comes back oh. and baby just doesn't wake up. And then Ugh. and then you see all that and it turns out that boyfriend murdered baby yeah, by seen, shaking baby. Oh, Jesus. Uh, just some guy who like, doesn't have a job yeah. and he has like a wife beater and he just sits on the couch and then like that he was watching he, he was trying to watch Judge Judy and then the baby was crying and he's like oh well, I gotta kill a baby because <laughs> I missed the episode. Done that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <That'd be bad. laughs> that, is, that is horrific yeah. truly. Um, okay. Uh, well I mean let's yeah, so so the worst ones are the babies. The worst ones which, are the babies, and it's funny because I mean, they're not even that gruesome. It's just awful that you could take something uh, so little and just kill it. Yeah. It's like, it oh, doesn't make sense. I, I heard this story. Um, it was supposed to be the worst thing that, like, this um, FBI agent had ever seen or something. Um, and it was like this child was trapped in, like, a trolley or something, like, uh, a trolley or something at Disneyland and oh. overheated. Oh. And th- when he saw the body... The, the baby had like torn out its hair and it just had like cl- oh. clumps of hair. Oh in my its god, that's awful. Anyway. I think babies <laughs> just do that when they're alive, though. stressed out, yeah. it's hungry. So they can sell their silky hair to, uh. to the factories that make baby dolls. <laughs> yeah. you, you should How read. They babies make their fortunes. Read some articles. It's like writing saying. on the envelope and like it's shitty baby handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like two Malaysia. Five hairs. <laughs> yeah. 50 uh, bucks. <laughs> okay, okay. So let's talk about like. Um, I want I want another one though. Like outside of a baby death, like a homicide, adult homicide that was particularly gruesome. Um, okay, there was one where I remember this is just one. We don't get any crazy, crazy homicides. I wish Utah it's terrible, but I wish Utah had <laughs> way more like screwed up things for me to so see. So do we. It's <laughs> a, it's so boring here. It's so safe. It doesn't make any sense. I need uh, to move back yeah. to Florida. I guess one I've seen uh, <laughs> some stabbings. So this guy came in and he had just like stab wounds all up and down his spine, like in perfect mm. order. Someone just like mm. what boom, 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 like bullets and points. Uh. And those are weird. It's so surreal seeing like open stab wounds uh, it's fascinating yikes. it's beautiful yeah that is that is gnarly <laughs> um i i hope this isn't permanently damaging you and your uh, psyche <laughs> it's funny because i'm very sensitive and soft everything makes me cry and mm-hmm. it's okay except for dead bodies except for dead bodies and so uh-huh. i just stare fascinated uh-huh. Well, Every time. Yeah. I wonder it's if I die, so just like just look at me dead. <laughs> just be like, oh, hey, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Pulls out your organs and just keeps watching like uh, How I Met Your Mother or something. Trust <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. me, you guys don't want to end up like dead and naked on my autopsy table because my coworkers are just brutal. They're just oh, like, look at this guy. Look at this. <laughs> Holy shit. This person needs to eat better, or they certainly don't look thirty years old. I don't uh, know if I'm allowed to say that. But I'm excited <laughs> to end up on that table. I know. <laughs> I, that's you guys like, are just roasting the It's like body. a it's a makeover show. <laughs> <laughs> if I were different, yeah, um, putting that in my will. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever like make fun of uh, how big someone's dick is? <laughs> uh, we don't get that often, so no. No. <laughs> like, not, I mean, when you're dead, I mean, it all kind of goes down and away. Mm-hmm. So it's all hidden and mm. tucked and small. Uh, so if anything, it's just like. Wait, so that's th- yeah. kind. <laughs> Aren't like bodies rigid after you die? Like, don't they become incredibly the death erection? Rigid? The, well, no, the I know rigor mortis is real. I don't know yeah. if it affects the penis. Oh no! Uh, that, well, people, it's like a thing when you hang yourself. Anyway, oh no, you it can't It can. I've only can seen happen. that twice in the two years that I've been there. I've only seen two erect penises, <laughs> and it 
it terrified me. If there's yeah. anything that scared the shit out of me, it was the erect penis. I was like, <laughs> it's alive. He's alive. Check if he has a pulse because it's up. Can uh, they still come or not? No, but I've <laughs> seen like no. when There's they only die, one way to find yeah. out. Oh, no, no, no. There's totally pre-cum. So. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah for it's, sure. It's like, it's so, it's, you're like, mm. I like take my glove and I'm like, Wiping it off for them so yeah. they don't have to be embarrassed. <laughs> so embarrassing. Jeez. I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to protect their privacy. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. So don't want them. There's other young know. women there. I'm trying to censor them. Mm-hmm. Guys, mm-hmm. look away. Is the, does anyone... Well, never mind. I was going to ask if it, some people are, like, really hot and you're like, oh, if it could have been... <laughs> I... This... I shouldn't say that. <laughs> right. You know, we'll skip on. that one. Wait, what? what would you <laughs> no. I mean, you never, I mean, it's always, people who come in are always kind of like, not losers, but you're not winning. Like, they're always oh, people yeah. who like, there's a lot of are suicides, dead. you know? There's oh, a lot of lonely yeah. people. Like, all the people who come into the morgue, there's a reason they come in and we do the autopsies. The only reason why you come in is for an autopsy, and it's because you had an unattended death. Yeah. So most of the time, you're not found for a day, two, or three. It's all from welfare checks from oh, the police. So it's, being it's, like, it's people who no one wants to see. Yeah, it's been like, so oh, we sad. haven't seen that old crazy cat lady in two uh, weeks. Let's yeah. call the cops to check in on her. Uh, so, you know. It's definitely one more downside of Utah. There's those celebrities to die of like. There's no like you won't see George Clooney. We never get anyone famous. There was like one yeah. famous person who came during Sundance, and it wasn't even someone that I knew. Uh, so, it's just like a technical director or something. I don't know, but it <laughs> yeah, wasn't it was exciting. Just, it was a real Hollywood big shot. Yeah, he was just the sound guy. <laughs> no one gives a shit. Yeah. Um. So I I worked in the jail, the Salt Lake Metro Jail, for a while. So I've. I've encountered murderers, but no dead bodies. Mm. Um, and one particular one that was like pretty interesting. This guy, he was a he was like an inmate tutor with me, and he um, he shot a, a Polynesian guy who was like threatening him and his brother. Um, and I think what basically what happened is like they were yelling at him and his brother. He got out of the car and like confronted the guy, and the dude like apparently had a skateboard or a longboard that he, like, threatened him with, and then he shot him, and uh, the guy died. But um, he he was, like, in jail for a year awaiting uh, sentencing. And I think it brings up, like, some gun control uh, questions that, like, like, if he didn't have a gun, he wouldn't be in jail, and he wouldn't have been in that situation whatsoever. And we would have these arguments about, like, you know, he he was very pro gun, and I was like, "Dude, you're literally literally here because you um, owned a gun and uh, used it poorly." And I was like, "I don't know. It's it's strange that someone in jail, like facing a life sentence, could like still defend guns." He was like, How did shot the... though, dude. Yeah, <laughs> killed him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't How know. did the guy who got shot feel about guns? <laughs> I think he's Let's against. Ask him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you might have dealt with him. You might have gotten yeah. the body. It's highly um, possible. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I encountered a lot of murderers, and uh, mostly you couldn't really tell. You couldn't really spot them. Um, <laughs> they don't have murderer tattoos no. on their forehead, as they should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should. Um, but it, it's strange. You, I think you'd think that like those pe- someone who could like cold-blooded murder someone would be like different in some way, but you can't really. Uh, it doesn't come out immediately. They're uh, just like you and me. They're just like you and me. Allegedly. <laughs> Do you guys have any um, kind of like true crime stories that are close to home that you've experienced? Oh, wait, I do have a story actually. Oh, uh, cool. I know I, there was almost a, a school shooting at my at my high school because there was a, there was this like really weird kid, and then uh, these girls were kind of teasing him, and I guess one of them like, kissed him on the cheek as like a dare. And then when he found out it was a joke, he like got like really mad, and he started whispering like, "I'm going to kill you all." <laughs> like, oh, no. And then he went home, and they like 
they, they someone told the cops they went to his house. He just he totally had like a gun and oh really? He was like planning on coming back. Uh, yeah, that's terrible. I don't know. I feel that. Oh, we got a call. We got a call oh, coming excellent. in. Okay. All right, um, hold on just a sec. Hello, um, can you hear me? Hey, this is Jacob Trine calling for the Big Bad Sandcast. Hey, Jacob, that's how's us. it going? Oh, it's going fine. How are, what's it doing with you? Three, four, <laughs> who's in there? Uh, I think we're all doing well. Um, I hear you t- You have a um, a particularly gruesome murder that happened in your hometown. Um, it's a guy that I grew up right next to. We shared an alleyway. Our house's butts were faced the same pipe of roadway, uh-huh. and he was in the grade below me. Um, uh, I'm not going to say his name only because, well, actually, I think he, he's in prison for life. Sorry to ruin <laughs> that as a story. Uh, oh, spoilers. Did he do it? He's he in prison it. for life, but I, I'm not going to say his name just in case. I don't know. Those guys get out of there sometimes. <laughs> um, so uh, he was in the grave below me. He's a really tall guy uh, um, with a big dip in his lips. Oh, I was going to say big dick, guy. damn it. Like, uh, that would have made the whole story dick. way yeah. better. Yeah. yeah, so he's kind yeah, of a well, dumb-looking person. You wouldn't be able to imagine this guy, the murderer, I yeah. imagine. Okay. Um, so, yeah, dumb kind of kind dumb, just... oafish man. I'm trying to imagine, like, Sam Rockwell from Three Billboards <laughs> kind of guy. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's I mean, good. they're, like, bigger and even doofier-looking. And they kind of doofed him up in that. So, like, this is, like, natural doof. Natural yeah, yeah. He's not going to win an Oscar or anything. No. A, a Lenny um, type. Almost they start giving Oscars for most grandparents murdered. Like, like, <laughs> oh, jeez. Spoiler the bit. alert. No. Uh, I keep on giving away the payload. I know. He's a really dumb-looking guy. He's tall. I was thinking about him before I, I called all you folks, and uh, he would run with all his fingers uh, pointing out, like his hand open pointing out, kind of <laughs> like you ever see a picture of one of those dinosaurs? It's kind of like, like a cassowary, kind of. Uh, like he was like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Exactly like that. Yeah. Wait, you were saying uh, like a dinosaur? What kind of dinosaur was it like? Yeah. What dinosaur is it? These ones that have a bald cap on, on them. You know, <laughs> like they, a Naruto I mean, type? And they have their hands, like all their fingers are pointing kind of flat toward the camera. Oh, uh, those boys. This one, I wish I could show you guys. I know exactly what dinosaur you're talking about. We're showing a picture of the dinosaur for all the listeners at home. Camera's doodling it up for us right now, so we have an idea. Artists rendering. (laughs) I don't know why I'm painting a picture for their minds then. Anyway, he's a real knucklehead-looking dude, and uh, we were in the uh, the United Boy Scouts Troops of America together. I think that's the full title. And uh, also, so yeah, super bullied at school, super bullied in there. Uh, One time he went on a five-mile hike, and he didn't it, he didn't wear any socks, and so like one mile in, he got these huge blisters, and then they had to carry him back to camp. And he's this big guy, and he looks so stupid. So there's lots of reasons why he would kill. Were his grandparents like real, like you know, Chads, real, real like you know, were they real cool dudes, real blockhead, yeah, like real bodybuilders. Yeah, his grandparents were jocks. Jocks, yeah. I bet his grandparents kind of tease him a lot. With them. Um, um, okay, so he's an elf, um, and he's living with his grandparents. Right. Well, he, he lived in, he lived in my town, and then he moved away to live with his great-grandparents, um, because I guess his mom can manage him. He was being kind of rebellious. I was reading an article that said he was about to join the Mormon church. Oh, no. Whoa, because that would have solved everything. 
that's not something that I was aware of beforehand. But uh-huh. uh, this is this is news to me because I was doing research for you guys. All right. Um, so he was living with his grandparents in Colorado, playing on the high school baseball team, and then um, I guess. There's an there's an article that suggests he was tired of their arguing, <laughs> and, um, wow. so he fed their dog, and then uh, he uh, took their shotgun and shot them in their bed while they were in their pajamas. Oh, how did he kill the dogs? Sorry. Let them get well, dressed. He kill the dogs or let the dogs eat the carcasses? Right. So he was yeah. a fan of the dog and kind of like partner in crime. <laughs> wow. Wait. Uh, what what sentence did the dog get? Well, the, the hue is acquitted. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, of it's course. It's a dog. Colorado law. Yeah, do you have that's... to put down an animal if they eat human flesh? Is that kind of like a, no. a general rule? No. no, it's some judge like, now he has the taste. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, how did you feel when you first heard about this, Jacob? Um, vin- vin- vindicated. <laughs> uh, righteous. Also, I mean, it's every bully's dream to, like, drive them to homicide. But, uh... <laughs> No, 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 no. Uh, I mean, horrif- horrified in that, like, I could have been a potential... Big, um, cause, yeah. you know, so we weren't tight, we weren't really homies, but we had a weird amount of um, being around each other, and, like, I would see him in my alleyway sometimes. A poten- uh, what it turned out to be a future murder, but, like, I got him in, in the sweet spot. Yeah. Honestly, so it's pretty dope. Years, it's so. pretty dope having that high proximity to a killing. Like, just, you know, <laughs> like, your house is right next to each other. You can just brag about that forever endlessly. That's... Yeah, it's almost like you participated yeah. in the murder. Yeah, th- there, there is, like, a weird pride to, like, being close to one of these events. But, um, Jacob, <laughs> thank you so much for calling. You have a wonderful day. I'll see you home in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but, like, there is, like, you know... There's this innate fa- fascination with these topics. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, we have a call coming in oh, as well. Okay. Um, let me answer this. I'm not sure. It says it's coming from Folsom State Prison. Isn't that where Johnny Cash? I, yeah, he yeah. did the show there. Oh, okay, excellent. let's hear. Okay. Um, hello, you're on the line. This is Big Bad Sidecast. Johnny Cash? Yeah, hello. This is Rodney. Rodney. Hey, Rodney. What's up? What's Rodney, up, brother? Rodney, I see you're calling uh, from... I'm in, the fucking, I'm in the fucking can, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> You want to rub that in my fucking face again, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that you're calling. Jail, <laughs> what, well, jail. what happened? Rodney, what happened? I killed some kids. That's not the point. My point Wait. is... <laughs> What'd they do? I killed some kids. Listen. Okay. I didn't fuck them. All right. Yeah. That's good. Get off the hook a little bit. I mean, I'm not a goddamn sex pervert, for Christ's sake. What the fuck? Hey, Rodney, Rodney, wait, wait. So who do you sit with in jail? With the blacks, the whites, the who's? No, no, no. I, I killed some kid. We're all children of God. They were grown people. I didn't <laughs> and I didn't fuck anybody, so can I get out of here? Uh, well, I mean, I'm glad you didn't fuck the, the child's corpse, but at the same time, you still did take a life. No, oh, bullshit. Are you looking at the headlines? Uh, what is the headline? Listen to me. Are you looking at the headlines? Uh, no, you got to tell me. Yeah, look, I killed some folks. Big whoop. That's nothing to compare to what's going on in here. <laughs> the things that I have to do for cigarettes, that that the, the the exploitation, the abuse of power that the bigger inmates are, are, are doing on me. Hashtag me too. <laughs> Hashtag me too. I'm calling out Big J. I'm calling out Little Rod. This is disgusting, and we gotta change the way we operate these prisons. We need new prisons. We need sex prisons, and I don't want to go to sex prisons. 
I just want to do my job. I want to do my time. Hashtag me too. I'm calling out Big J. I'm calling out Little Raj. Yeah, Wait. I killed some kids. But keep your hands to yourself. Ronnie. I'm doing my time. Ronnie, so you think, you, you think that um, all sexual crimes should be, uh, people who commit sexual crimes should go to a separate prison than yeah. just normal child murderers? Yeah, big old, I, I mean, yeah, I'm a child murderer, I'm, and they think I'm a kid fucker. I'm a child murderer, and people have put me in the same category as a goddamn kid fucker, and it's yeah. the same thing. I mean, they're both really bad things, yeah. you know? I mean, like, it would have been you, easy to. Really worse, fucking a kid. Holy <laughs> shit, I'm a sick son of a bitch. I killed a kid. <laughs> I lost my temper. I threw a kid out a goddamn window. Big fucking Well, well tell us what happened fuck. with this kid. Tell us how, yeah. what, what, how, why did you kill this kid? What, what, what was going on? I mean, he couldn't talk. He couldn't tell me what he wanted. <laughs> you know, and, and the communication breakdown was, was killing me, so I threw him out the fucking window. <laughs> well, how old was this child? Like, was he old enough to speak or she? He was eight years old. I threw him out the goddamn window. Look, the kid was asking for it, and I did not want touch him in that way. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Uh, we're definitely glad. But, but listen, Roddy, so what, do you, what are you most scared of in prison? Like, what are you afraid of? I told you, I'm getting sexually harassed. I'm getting treated like a piece of meat in here. <laughs> Hashtag me too. Big J's got to go down. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Big J? Like, is is Big J harassing everybody? Like, what's... You is... have to do this for a goddamn pack of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like a transaction. <laughs> Meet me in the lobby. We'll talk about cigarettes. He shows up in a bathroom, jacket off in a goddamn plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Okay, we'll we'll have our fans. We'll have our fans donate to your commissary, so you don't have to do the things you're doing for yeah. cigarettes. Yeah, we want you to have cigarettes for yeah. not fucking kids. Uh, but um, you said you get a little reward. Not once did I touch a kid inappropriately. <laughs> I threw him out a goddamn window. <laughs> I think you said earlier that you killed kids, like multiple kids. Is that true? Yeah, I, I, it was a form of discipline. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a step above shaking out of babies. A two-story window. I thought the kid was going to break a couple of bones. <laughs> Involuntary kid slaughter at best. <laughs> you think I'm some kind of goddamn murderer? I ain't never killed a kid. I punished a kid to death. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you have to you do know, what you have to do. Rodney, I get it. Like, you know, we're not allowed to beat kids anymore. It seems like uh, the kids are getting soft. They don't listen to us. But I think murder, you know, like a punishment to the point of murder is definitely going too far. My parents killed me and I turned out all right. <laughs> he killed himself. I punished him so good he realized he was a little shit. He killed himself on the bottom. <laughs> Anytime We've all been someone there. doesn't pull through, no, you listen to me. Anytime somebody doesn't pull through, they're killing themselves. <laughs> if, if someone's on that deathbed and you're trying to defibrillate him, he doesn't come through. Motherfucker didn't want to live. That's yeah, yeah. He's a coward. He's a coward. Didn't want it bad enough. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to weed out the weak. Our armed forces need good boys, and our prisons need a goddamn fuck-free zone. <laughs> I don't want to go to sex prison. I want to lift weights all day and smoke my pack. Well, you know, I want some fucking jokes. Well, well Rodney, have, oh, like, have you tried maybe asserting yourself, maybe like fighting back, standing up for yourself, you know, teach those guys a lesson? Fighting back, that's a good way to get a dick in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know other ways. Fighting back. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Rocky, if he was fighting back on club thing on Rocky 3 with Rocky on his knees. <laughs> 
That's what I'm doing, motherfucker. I'm on my goddamn knees in here. I'm sucking a dick right now. <laughs> um, so Rodney, you know, a lot of the times when someone goes to jail for something particularly bad, um, a lot of people will say, like, oh, I hope that guy gets raped in jail, which I think is kind of a gross thing to say. I think, like, the punishment should be what... What? Yeah, hashtag me too. I didn't sign up for this shit. Yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah, and you don't You don't deserve that. I should be getting thrown out the damn window right now. Yeah. Um, you know I agree. I, mean? I should be getting a spanking. Armor Abbey's code. I just want to get dressed up in a diaper and get my ass powdered and get spanked once in a while. And I don't want my goddamn camels. So, so do you wish that you had maybe just um, been punished the same way you were trying to punish the kids instead of being in this sex prison? Yes, I just want to be thrown out a two-story window. <laughs> Which, for me, I would survive, so I'm fine with that. Defenestration should be like an alternate sentencing for all crimes. I agree. Um, I think that's a... I, all, all sentencing should be a slightly less severe version of what you did. Yeah. <laughs> all sentencing should be like, okay, I understand. I did something wrong. I killed a kid. <laughs> or rather, I got a kid to, kill, to realize he didn't want to live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or fucking kids. Least of all kids that can't fucking talk, who who are, who are giving me shit. And I know he's got stuff going on in his mind. You well, know, I know he's a bright kid, and I know he's <laughs> thinking bad thoughts. So I threw him out the fucking window. Man. But Rodney, how would you feel someone threw your kid out the window? Your own child? I, I, my own child. I, I got no kids. I killed my kid. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So were were you like a teacher? Why were you around so many I don't, kids? Why does he have access or, to or so were many the, children? Or the, were these all your own children? I, I babysit on Craigslist. I <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's those parent people's fault. His but. kid got, thinks that fucking because he, you know, has his own jellos and his own puddings, he can fucking push me around. <laughs> so he went out the fucking window. All right, well, have you thought about throwing Big J out the window? Yeah. He's too big. It's just like he <laughs> babies into one. Well, but... About throwing a dick in my ass, <laughs> in my mouth. But Rodney, this. People, I need an adult, motherfucker. <laughs> Rodney, this is a good chance for you to work out and get strong enough to, you know, uh, throw Big J out the window. I've been working out. It just makes my ass tight, and they just want me more. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so 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 where do they usually attack you? Like the cafeteria, the showers, like where? Everywhere with their eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, Rodney, I think we got to let you go, but I, I think we all have a lot to think about. They're going to try something. I'm trying to walk home to my cell, and I'm getting whistled at. <laughs> is, there, is there anything you... I'm myself out Shawshank Redemption, but digging a hole just makes me think about anal sex. <laughs> and I'm triggered trying to tunnel out of this prison, thinking about my own tunnel getting tunneled. <laughs> is there anything you'd like to say before... Uh... You, we hang up on you. I imagine you're spending a lot of money for this phone call. Yeah, I am. And I, I just want to say, hashtag me too. We need sex prisons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need all sex prisons where the inmates can, and people that want to sign up for that kind of thing, they can dom and sub. And, <laughs> and that's what it should be. Sex People committing sexual offenses need to be sent to a sexual wonderland. Right. They can have a good time. And then later, when they die, they can burn in hell for enjoying sex. <laughs> All right. Oh, thank thank you, Rodney. going to punish your children. All right. Uh, Rodney, thank you so much for calling. I hope to hear from you again. All right. I got to put this dick in my mouth. Okay. See you, Rodney. <laughs> Enjoy Bye. that. Bye, Rodney.
Oh wow, that was a great call. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's nice to know that uh, you know people inside you know prisons are listening to the podcast and <laughs> calling in. That's excellent. That is good. We've got a good fan base going on. So <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I feel really honored to be it's, here. <laughs> um, so uh, we will be um, playing a few different mini true crime podcasts that we've been working on for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, please listen to these uh, podcasts and tell us which one you think is best. You can email us at bigbadsad at gmail.com or find us at facebook.com slash bigbadsadcast. Thank you for listening and good night. Hey everybody, um, welcome to the show. This is Our Favorite Murders. Um, it's this new podcast that we're trying out. It's me, Wallace Fetzer, and uh, my great co-host, Rush Tajiki. Hey, everybody. Hey, guys. So, basically, me and Arash, like really bonded over our love of like true crime and murder, and we, we just like really like talking about it. Yeah, because we just, like, you know, Wallace and I, we just, like, every weekend we get drinks, we talk about our murders, and everyone loves it, and they're like, hey, you guys should get it, get together, maybe make a GoFundMe and get your own podcast going. And we're like, hey, why not? So, I guess, you know, why don't we just get right into it, Arash? Um, you know, what's your favorite murder? Uh, well, it was a child, uh, which I know that's you know, that's kind of too much for the first episode, yeah. but he was delicious. This 15-year-old Puerto Rican boy moved in next door, and then I was like, I have to saw his head off and come inside his neck. And I was like, because it was just like, he was so yummy. And like, I, we, he came over and I put on some like, um, some Santa gold. And he was like, it's actually pronounced Santi gold. And then I was like, he just had that Latin flavor. So uh, I yeah, love and, that. Oh, and you know, oh, it was great. And then, you know, to kind of thematically, like what I really enjoyed is that like, I played the the salsa uh, song from like the Sex and the City theme, mm-hmm. like the din, 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 yeah, yeah. just to muffle his screams because his, oh. his family lived it, but it was a big Puerto Rican family, so they're loud you know. anyway. You know how they are; they're not going to see if one kid's missing. <laughs> just kidding, guys! I'm not that kind of murderer. Uh, no, anyway. we're just joking. Yes. It's fine. It's yes. fine. Um, yeah. so what did you use to cut off his head? Uh, well, I was going to use my saw, but I already broke it sawing off this Jamaican kid's bill. Oh. I live in like a Hispanic area, everybody, but uh, that's Manhattan for you. Um, but, you know, I'd broken my saw, so I only had uh, my kitchen knife. And oh. yeah, it would suck too, because I had to, uh, I lost the key to my handcuffs, so I had to cut off his hands. Uh-huh. Uh, but cutting off his hands gave me two, two more places to, to come inside, so... That is so wonderful. I came inside three places. You gotta yeah, maximize always. those yeah. holes. I would oh, yeah. say. Um, well, mm. that's fascinating. Mm. Um, how did it feel taking your first life? Uh, it felt good. I mean, it was like I kind of wish I'd let him stay alive longer because I didn't really get to fuck him. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, but and he's heavy. Fifteen-year-olds are still heavy. That's people. true. Yeah. So how yeah. did you dispose of the body? Uh, well, I was gonna do the old put him in a carpet because I saw that in uh, American Psycho, mm-hmm. uh, and then it didn't work because I couldn't get it through my door, so I had to cut him up into like three pieces. Um. And then I was like, "Oh my god, this is so heavy!" And then I saw I called my friend over, and uh, we she he he, he helped, and uh, yeah, we gotta good. get him on the show. Oh no, he's great. Him. Yeah, He'd be so good. Oh, for this show. he he killed this um, sorority girl last week. Excellent story. Oh, it's, just one. Oh. oh. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. That is that is so great. Yeah, I mean, no. I'm kind of jealous. I think I think yours is better than mine. Oh, really? What's what's yours? Well, so I was working so. in this office, and um, there's this woman, Gina. She was the HR director, and she was just giving me such a rough time. She was always on my ass for being late, and uh. I was just sick and tired of her, you know, getting in my business. You know, so she was kind of a perfect fit for my perf- my first murder because literally I felt like I could fit inside of her skin. Oh, yeah. So, I love a tease. Yeah, yeah, so what I did was I told her to meet me at this bar after work one time so we could talk about, you know, some of the problems we'd been having. And basically, you know, we got her really drunk. Uh, I kind of roofied her drink. Ooh. And then I took her out to my car and, you know, I drove her to the lake and basically just cut her open, you know. I really just splayed her body out. And uh, then I just I went inside of her warm corpse like, you know, like um, Luke Skywalker did to that Tauntaun. Oh, my and God, good reference. That's great. There was, there was n- there's no warmer feeling than being literally inside another human being and <laughs> i've just i've just always wanted to go back to that moment you know you, it's nice to have a down blanket on a cold day but you know <laughs> a warm bloody corpse around you um is is so much better so i'm gonna stop you right there and rewind because we skipped over some big details okay what was your strategy on the roofie like did you make it look somewhere else was it like a pill Okay, this in. this I did yeah. something pretty creative for. So I thought, you know, maybe if I bought her a drink, that might look a little suspicious. Right. So what I did was I put the roofie in my drink and was, like, talking about how great this drink was. I was like, oh, oh. I love this drink. And Gina is such a bitch. You know she's going to try to steal my drink because I like it so much. So she took it out of my hand and just drank it in one gulp. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just I get people. You know, I understand what they're going to do. I, I look at people and I think, how can I get what I want from them? How can I, you know, what will, what, how will, I, how will I acting affect them, and what will they do because of it? Um, people say I'm a sociopath, but I think I'm just really smart. Well, you know what, they, you know, you know I, th- I think you're the uh, best HR department I've ever heard of. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we have another guest coming in who has a really great story for us, and we're going to try to bring someone on every week to, you know, kind of add to our murders. Um, so we have Amra Ames calling in now. Let's hear it. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be your first caller. Really quite an honor. Um, as you know, I'm super into crime. Uh, I have a really good one for you. It's really, really horrifying. So as you know, I couldn't join you in the studio today because I'm on the lam. That's right, guys. I'm running from the cops. Things are going really well. About 30 minutes ago, I killed my parents. You know, I was just hanging out with them and my mom asked me to clean my room. It really pissed me off. So I decided to cut her into a thousand pieces. And then I took a gun out of the safe and I shot all the pieces. And then my dad was like, hey, why are you shooting... And stabbing and killing your mom that's kind of not you know what I raised you to really do and I was like dad you don't even get it okay this is like fine you're being a little bit of a baby about it so anyway I shot him a bunch of times and then you know it just like kind of all came together with me you know this is like what I'm born to do you know I just really love true crime <laughs> oh th- okay thank you so much Amra that was that was such a good is story. it me or is her mom a bitch <laughs> I'd say so I think God, she deserved a couple more gunshots to the head and that dad is a dummy who asks <laughs> why are you shooting him that is just that is foolish <laughs> foolish yeah but they raised a good daughter yeah, they did yeah. they did I'm, yeah. I'm excited for what other things she does if you if you know what I mean oh yeah 
Hey guys, welcome to the BuzzFeed chat room. This is Wallace Fetzer, and we're going to be coming to you live every Tuesday with a new top 10 list. This is going to be on fleek, y'all. What's up, daddies? This is your number one daddy in charge, Aras Tajiki, BuzzFeed's new content creator slash blog updater slash photo uploader slash Twitter manager uh, slash just overall creative... Hey guys, this is your girl Amber Ames. Uh, you know, nobody really knows what I do around here, but I'm not leaving anytime soon. So anyway, we're going to hit you with, with our hottest takes of the week with a lot of top 10, top 5, and top 3 lists that are going to go on as long as possible. We know that you guys love true crime. It's on the rise right now. No one can deny it. And we also love it. So we're going to hit you this week with our three murders that were savage AF. Very few Americans don't remember where they were when two Aaron planes flown by Al-Qaeda hijackers slid into the Twin Towers DMs. Three murders that were savage AF. Number two, for too long, kids were only getting killed by boyfriends, stepdads, dads, uncles, brothers. I'm looking at you, Burke Ramsey. But all that changed when feminist icon Casey Anthony broke the glass ceiling and put lady child killers on the map with her massive clapback to everybody. She partied all the time and also crushed her trial while flaunting iconic looks. Haters gonna hate. I reasonably doubt that it'll stop Queen Casey from telling everyone her parents molested her. Chloroforming kids or being an all-around badass bitch. You go, girl. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Number one, hey, hunties. You know when you hear a murder going on in your neighborhood and you can't wait to spell the tea? That's a little bit how I felt this morning when I was getting in my car to come to the studio. I was awake all night reading about the most horrific shit ever known to man. You guys know how it is. You know, we've all been there. Uh, but I became very, very paranoid when I was on my way to work and a man approached me on the street. Um, you know how it is. It kind of happens to women sometimes. I don't know. Uh, so I stabbed him eight times, you know, in the throat, eyes, dick, and balls. Uh, as he died in front of me, he handed in my wallet which I had dropped isn't that isn't that funny uh, so what I'm saying is ladies all my feminist bitches out there stay safe out there that's it for this week folks but join us next week when we'll be clapping back at you with another great list next week it's going to be school shooters who are daddy AF hello welcome to another episode of white hot murder my name is Stephen Smith for those fans of White Hot Murder, why don't you tune in to some of my other podcasts? You can find me at Podgas Chamber, where I talk about public executions. Also, you can hear me on Eat My Entire Ass, a podcast about cannibals. My co-host today is Doug Johnson. Welcome, Doug. Hello, hello. Uh, nice to meet you, everybody. From Patreon and my GoFundMe pages. Thank you, supporters. Um, Doug, uh, you have some other work uh, that you should tell the listeners about. Uh, yes, I'm on the uh, the Trumpcast, where we uh, basically reply to Trump to Trump's tweets, and uh, as we say, the revolution will be won, uh, one tweet at a time. Oh, I love I love that show. You guys just read some of the best burns that people reply to uh, Trump's Trump's tweets with, and uh, it makes me laugh every time. He is one flaming Cheeto. Yes. What What did you say about his hands in the last episode? 
we may have referred to them as tiny. <laughs> <laughs> he has small hands and is upset about it. What What was that other podcast you were doing, Doug? Uh, it was called uh, Gulag Shmulag, uh, a podcast about prison murders, specifically in Russia. Oh, yes. I, I love to tune in li- and listen to some fresh shanking stories. Oh. Um, yes, yeah, so let's get on to today's white-hot murder. So every day, people are killed across the world. People from all different races, genders, and cultural backgrounds. But on the White Hot Murder podcast, we are taking a closer look at one of the very specific types of victims of those murders. We feel these types of victims need to get more attention, and those victims are white, attractive women. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, How are you doing today, Doug? I'm good. My Funko Pop collection has just increased by one today. Oh, excellent. Yes. Our first story today, Doug, is about Julianne Leonard. Julie was a sweet girl in a suburban town of Westchester, Illinois. Is she a sweet white girl? Well, yes. Not only was she white, but she lived the perfect life. She never faced real trauma or hardship, and her parents were still married. Oh, I'm liking this wholesome story already. She was dating the quarterback of the high school football team, when she, and she was also the prom queen. Not to mention... A gorgeous lady, perfect for white hot murder. Looks like this wasp just got stung back. Ooh. <laughs> um. <laughs> now, all murder is terrible, but this one is more important because of how attractive, affluent, and white she was. We all lost something to jerk off to the day Julie was murdered. Now, I don't know who the killer was, but from what I've heard, he sounds like a black man. Doug, did you bring a white hat murder for us today? Uh, yes, I have a white hat file right here off the presses. Let's look at it. I'm exci- excited. Here we have uh, Abigail Johnson from uh, Wilmington, Delaware. Sounds very wholesome. She is very white, very affluent, but ooh, not very hot. Ooh. We have a classic Butterface murder. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just skip her. Then. Yeah. Let's just skip that one. <laughs> it uh, <laughs> it doesn't appeal much to me or the theme of the podcast. Doug, I told you it's white hot murders. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, next up, we have. Uh, uh, Lakish, uh, Lakish, uh, probably we, we not not white. We can assert this already. Uh, okay. Are we including all white groups in this podcast? I believe um, we are classifying Japanese as honorary whites. White as of eighteen eighty. That's is what yes, we are. Okay, yes. good. And Iranians. Oh yes. Okay. Um, okay, we have uh, a girl here. Her name is, uh, what's a very Hispanic name? Gloria Estevez. Yeah, oh yeah. Is it really? Oh wait, who's that girl, who's that pop singer who was killed? Selena. 
Um, here, oh, I've been hearing some stories about this, this woman who was murdered. She was a famous pop star. Her name was Selena. Let me just look into this Wikipedia page. Oh, no, she's Hispanic. Um, let's just move on past that one. Wait, well, hold on. Was her grandfather a Nazi by any chance? Wait, I'm looking into it. She's from Venezuela. Uh, yes. Oh, German origins. Looks like we have a white-hot murder. Excellent. Oh. What a tragedy that one is now. Oh. Truly a sad... Pure alike. <laughs> I've never been a fitness guy. I've never played sports. I've never had a gym membership. You know, I'm, I've never really worked out. That is until I started working out with Shane. Shane is about six feet tall. He has short brown hair and dark brown skin. He wears Converse and black Levi jeans. I don't care, baby. It's just you and me. It doesn't matter anymore. I don't care what our friends are saying. It's just you and me. Look, I don't care what your friends say. I don't care what my friends say. I don't care what your parents say, baby. It's just you and me. Come here, baby. That was Shane sensually talking to the burrito he's about to eat. I've been friends with Shane for a few years now. I really like Shane. Shane is very dependable, and he's always been there for me when I needed him. And if a double-decker bus crashes into us, to die by your side is such a heavenly way to die. That's audio of Shane singing a Smith song with an Italian accent. I really liked Shane's sense of humor. We really got along and laughed a lot. I knew me and Shane were going to be very good friends when he gave me a tour of his corduroy jacket collection. Shane was always there. He had always been reliable. He had been a static force for good in my life. And then, on February 25th at 3.30pm, Shane doesn't show up to the podcast. I didn't know what to make of it. Where could he be? Did something happen to him? He's always been dependable. I I started to get worried. Was he in trouble? Was he hurt? Was he kidnapped by Italian gangsters? All of these thoughts swarmed in my head. I was terrified. I was worried. I wanted to know what was going on with Shane and why he didn't come to the podcast. This is Missing Shane. I spoke to some of Shane's other friends. They hadn't heard from him either. I started to get more worried. I started to do a little investigation on my own. I'm at 9th and 9th, zipping around in my Toyota Prius with the windows down, blasting Bell and Sebastian. I'm worried. This is his usual haunt. I'm hoping to find him out and about, maybe at a coffee shop reading or in the park with his dog. But there's no sign of Shane anywhere. My paranoia increases. I drive by his house. The lights are off. There's no car in the driveway. Where could he be? 
Did something terrible happen? I'm starting to panic. I need my friend back. Who else will I talk to about all my problems? Was Shane sick of me? Was he avoiding me? Did I do something wrong? All these thoughts swirl in my head as I drive around panic. It had been a week since Shane didn't show up at the podcast. The tension was building and I had to do something about it. So I decided to call Shane. Hello? Shane? Is, is that you? Yeah, what's up? Are, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, why, what's going on? I, I, I haven't heard from you in a week. You, you didn't show up to the podcast. I, I, I've been worried sick. Uh, yeah, I asked you when it was going to be, and you just never responded, so... Oh. Yeah. Well, 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 why haven't I heard from you in a week? Well, dude, I asked you a couple times when it was going to be, and you just you didn't text me back. Oh. Uh, yeah, sorry. Well, what, what have you been doing? Well, the wife just had a baby, so, you know, it's, it's keeping me busy. Oh. I mean, con- congratulations. I, 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 I forgot that she was pregnant. Yeah, yeah, she just had a baby, so... Alright, okay, well, uh, I guess, uh, see you later. Okay, alright, see you then. Bye. I was so relieved to know Shane was okay, and I wish I had just called him sooner. I guess maybe I have some communication problems I gotta work on. I'm glad he wasn't attacked by a pack of street youths or something. After doing this podcast and solving this mystery, I realized maybe I wasn't missing Shane this whole time. Maybe what I was missing was a friend who could devote their entire life to me, who didn't have a family to look after, and could spend all their time enabling my rampant narcissism. Welcome to Bored and Stale, Season 1, Episode 1. In modern society, people use dating apps, not knowing the terrible people they could be encountering every day by swiping right. Today we look into one case of a girl who got in a little over her head. Amara is a short, overweight woman who despite having a comb over, has a narcissism complex and wonders why she is still alone. She meets a man calling himself David on a dating app called Tinder. He definitely seems crazy over text, but Amara is so sad and desperate that she'll basically do anything to be acknowledged by another human being. Despite her 0% success rate with Tinder, she agrees to meet up with David to talk and get to know one another. She regrets everything that she has ever done. At about 1.30pm, she extracts herself from bed and walks to the coffee shop by her house to stumble through an awkward hour of conversation with a stranger, or so she thought. So I go to the coffee shop a few minutes early to make sure I don't look like a stupid idiot who's late all the time. Amara tried to avoid the eyelines of other people who were talking to their friends and shit. After a few minutes, I started to realize something. He isn't here. I think, well, that's kind of weird. A few minutes later, the man Amara recognizes as David walks in. He doesn't order anything, but he does sit across from Amara and introduce himself. You know, we got to talking and he seemed pretty normal in person. Amara talked about herself for 70 minutes straight. 
And after we sort of got to talking for a few minutes, uh, I started noticing that something was off, you know? He seemed nice enough, but I, I don't know. Something was telling me that something wasn't right. That was when I looked down and realized he was holding two big guns. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird, I guess. But, you know, I always get so nervous on dates. I'm always in my head, you know, are they judging my clothes? You know, are they are they looking at my hair? You know, are they looking at uh, my flesh colored mustache that I don't get rid of because no one gets that close to my face usually? I, I just didn't want to overreact, you know? David got up to order some coffee. What happened next, you'll never expect. As he stood at the counter, I looked at him uh, and noticed that in his back pockets he had two big knives. At this point, I was like, okay, that's definitely a little weird. David got his coffee and walked back over to Amara. What happened next will shock you. After he got his coffee, he walked back over to me and sat down. Uh, and then he gave me this look, you know, and I didn't know what it meant, only that he was making eye contact with me. Then he got out a rope, and he started wrapping it around my arms and legs. I thought to myself, this is kind of weird. David excused himself to go to the bathroom. As soon as he left, I remember thinking, I'm going to die. I looked all around me for help, but all the people in the coffee shops were just staring at their laptops. It seemed like nothing could save me now. Then I started thinking about my family. I imagined my mother and father's faces in my mind and thought about how disappointed they would be, and how they always warned me to never reproduce. And I realized I can't let myself die. I had to do something. I decided to lay flat on the table and roll until I could grab the two guns in my teeth. Then I started shooting at all the windows and all the doors. And as I, as I rolled to the door, I pushed it open with my legs and I hopped out on, on one foot. I know that the only reason that I got out of that coffee shop alive and out of this Tinder date alive is because God was watching over me. And because every day I pray to him, knowing that there's no way that he could ever let me die on a Tinder date. Amara Ames barely escaped by the skin of her teeth. She is now 30 years old and a proud mother. 